would like to welcome uh, Peter Romanian from Rogue Village, who's going to chat to us a little bit about running an events company um, locally here in East Lothian, um, and also what, a little bit about what it's been like running one through COVID, which must have been an interesting experience. Um, we worked alongside Peter just before Christmas at the Winter Wonderland. And in fact, am I right in remembering, uh, Peter, that the Rogue Village had, you had your first launch event here at Steampunk yes, years ago. first ever event was here at Steampunk. And I think that would have been five years ago, 2015. 15, um, okay. And yeah, that was a, a pop-up restaurant and we worked with El Cartel and also Harajuku Kitchen to do yeah. two pop-up dinners. Um, yeah, way back when. So yeah, that's uh, yeah, that was our very first event right yeah. here. Yeah, and it was a good start. I think you guys yeah. sold out pretty much instantly. We sold out within within about twelve hours of going yeah. on sale with those events. Yeah. So uh, yeah, they flew off the shelf, which was great. So yeah. and I think um, aligning with someone like uh, Steampunk, I think was a, was the was a was a the right thing to do because you guys had the right kind of approach and uh, that we seeked to deliver so it was uh, it made sense as a, as a place to launch our event um, and i think has stood us in good stead going forward yeah well you guys um it's interesting because you you're working out here in east lothian um and yet you're bringing quite different you know uh events out here how have you found that how it looks like your events have been super busy and that the response has been good but yeah i mean how has that been yeah so i'd always we'd always wanted to have our own event space um and for a long time uh we'd we'd, we'd kind of coveted edinburgh we're both from edinburgh um i'd spent my wife and i jenny who are on the company with um but we'd spent about nine or ten years working in london um, always knew we were going to come back and, and, and at one point we thought we would like to try and find our own event space in, in Edinburgh. Um, but I think as that plan kind of evolved, places like Summer Hall and a few other interesting places were popping up in Edinburgh and that kind of gap in the market that we thought existed no longer existed in Edinburgh. Okay. And simultaneously, a good friend of mine, one of my best friends from school had moved to East Lothian um, uh, and we would come and visit him quite regularly and when we came back up from Edinburgh, uh, from London. Um, and the more that we went to, 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 to meet him and his family, we were just drawn to East Lothian and we were sold on it. And every time we came back, we were like, do you know what? When we moved back, I think we should move back to East Lothian. There was just something yeah. about it that was calling us. About calling us, I think the people. It was a really interesting kind of mix of uh, quite artistic people that we saw that were out here. The surf community um, and, and and the quality of life being out removed from the city, but not too far. If you wanted to dip in and out of that, there was a lot that appealed. Mm -hmm. So we kind of thought, well, actually, maybe running an event space in East Lothian, doing kind of what we already planned on doing in Edinburgh would work quite well because there's no one doing these kind of interesting cultural events or very few people. Mm -hmm. um, but I think there's the desire for it. I think a lot yeah. of people from who we'd chatted to would travel from East Lothian to Edinburgh to get that kind of cultural hit or to get certain foodie experiences. Um, so we thought there was a market there to who would be interested in what we had to offer. Um, so it was quite an organic kind of thing, yeah. both from our, our personal lifestyle choice and our kind of uh, career ambitions. So it kind of married both of those things. And I think sometimes if you, with, with a business, if you try and create something that you would like for yourself, you'll probably find like-minded people that also mm -hmm. want that. Yeah. Um, 
in terms of trying to be authentic uh, in terms of your approach to business. So, so it's been it's been great and it's been really well received. Um, and I think right from the get go, all of our events have sold really well, really quickly, and been uh, well attended. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we're really happy. And and it feels like there is the community, the community in East Lothian that are interested in what we 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 have to do and yeah. what we offer. Definitely, there seems to be uh, really good feedback on the sort yeah. of events that you're offering. Um, and it is really nice almost to have something that's a bit surprising in a location. We've definitely had that feedback here, people coming in and being surprised at what the space is like and really liking that. So it does yeah. really attract people to, to come back. Yeah. Um, are you glad you did then? Are you glad you did settle in East yeah. and Yeah, well, absolutely yeah. love living here. So we've got, we've Jenny, as I say, who I run the company with, we've got two young kids, we've got a, um, a three-year-old and a, and a seven-year-old. Um, and um, you know, we, we, we Marley, our, our eldest, we, he was born when we were in London, um, and you know, after a couple of years, it was great having a young kid in London because there's so much to do and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But, but the kind of idea of raising kids once they go to school um, was less appealing to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and coming up here, having never lived somewhere more, we, we're in East Linton, actually in Marco, just outside of East Linton. Um, so living a bit more rurally was something that we'd never really done before. Mm-hmm. So there was a bit of nervousness and a bit of intrepidation about that. Like, are we going to survive without that city hit? Um, but we quickly adapted to it and just saw the value in it, the space, the, I don't know, like kids having a little bit more freedom, probably from a younger age, mm-hmm. being able to pro- play out with their friends and things. Where in London, you would probably be a bit more nervous to do some of those things. So mm-hmm. I think the lifestyle um not even considering uh, from a business perspective but just from raising a family so glad that we moved mm-hmm. here and our kids are so happy and, and we feel really safe or we feel like our kids are safe here as well mm-hmm. um so from that perspective absolutely and then and from a business perspective um yeah i think you know we've 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 filled a, a void in the mar- in a mar- in the marketplace in terms of events and experiences in east lothian uh, that that didn't really previously exist um and as a result you know if we had tried to do something like this in edinburgh maybe it wouldn't have worked quite so well or quite so quickly mm-hmm. um but doing it somewhere in east lothian where people were like yes i want something like this mm-hmm. yeah i would love to have to have these sort of events on my doorstep without having to go to a city where you might normally find the kind of things that we were doing people have been really yeah keen on that so that's been really nice for us to mm-hmm. uh to do that and it's just it's 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 really helped embed us socially in in the in the community i mm-hmm. think as well um i think through doing these sort of events in a smaller community such as east lothian um we've just met so many interesting people along mm-hmm. the way whether that's customers that come regularly to our events or or other companies or, or suppliers that we work with who are locally um uh, it's, it's really helped to embed us our, ourselves in the community and make and probably get more out of the community yeah. because of that because we've been on the front line of of of, of things in terms of our events and, yeah. and working with other businesses yeah you guys have really championed uh scottish and local um producers and companies and things um both in the food choices you're offering but also at the latest event, Winter Wonderland, you even had a sort of marketplace because uh, it was obviously the run up to Christmas. Um, can you tell us a little bit about a little bit more about why you want to do that? I think it's uh, there's so much great local independent businesses and, and sole traders out there. There's so many. It's really rich. Um, um, and often a little bit for me, a little bit for us, a little bit more interesting. Um, because a lot, a lot of the time with these smaller businesses, 
the the brand and the product means so much to the person behind it because it's their baby mm-hmm. as rogue village is our baby um there's a lot of there's a lot more love and care and attention into these things than than larger more established companies um and actually um a little bit more creativity as well we find as well so um and and you know we appreciate when other when other businesses put us on so it's great mm-hmm. for us to be able to use our platform to put these smaller businesses mm-hmm. on as well um and i think that sense of community bleeds into the event as well um because the people that are standing behind the stalls are quite often the people who are the the owners of the business the ones that are creating the products mm-hmm. um so when people come into this marketplace they're not just talking to to someone who's being paid an hourly rate just to stand there and sell things they're talking to the people who make it so they mm-hmm. understand the product um, they're knowledgeable about it they can tell you all about it um, and it's coming again from a place of authenticity so for us that makes a much richer marketplace experience mm-hmm. um people come in and they can learn about things and, and and buy from the people that are making so for us that's a really important thing of an experience yeah that at each touch point in the, these events there's maybe an interesting story um mm-hmm. to all of these touch points so that's one of the reasons that we like doing it is is one to support those local independent businesses and it's never it's never a case of for us we never we would never program someone in a marketplace just because they're local mm-hmm. um yeah. Like they, we it's all, very curated. Yeah, what you're yeah, 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 I, I hope sure. so because yeah. we, we, we want to make sure that we're placing value on the people that are there. So um, so just being local isn't enough to mm-hmm. be part of our events. We want you to be incredible at what you do as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Um, and, and we have a certain brand aesthetic as well. Mm-hmm. And we try and align ourselves with, with other brands that have similar sort of aesthetics as well. Yeah. Um, not exclusively, but quite often that's, that's kind of what we look for when yeah. we're trying to find people to program. Yeah, and it's it's about I guess giving your customers or visitors that really special experience rather than just a kind of transactional thing. Yeah. Yeah. And for us, like when we like, it was great because when we did our Christmas shopping this year, we almost did it exclusively yeah. at the marketplace. Well, you couldn't go anywhere else because you were there twenty four seven. Well, we could have gone to Amazon, you know, and it would yeah. have turned up the next day really easy, you know. But what we were able to do is get really unique gifts. Yeah. Um, and when you give those gifts, you can tell the, yeah. the person that you're giving to them a little bit about it. Oh, this was yeah. made in, in Haddington by this company. And, and it's, it's a nice story to tell them. Um, and you know that you've, your money has gone directly into the pocket mm-hmm. of, a, of a, a company who probably really values the custom, etc. Yeah. So yeah. so for us, it was great to be able to do that Christmas shop in there um, and, and, and yet, yeah, get some really interesting, unique presents that you, we wouldn't yeah. have otherwise. Yeah, I did, a, I did a lot of my Christmas shopping yeah. there too. Yeah. But it's also really good because I think something that probably isn't talked about as much as it should be is when you uh, support independents and locals, um, local businesses, a lot more of the money stays within the mm. local economy. Uh, whereas if it's a big event company from down south, which a lot of things are nowadays, uh, and if they're using big uh, companies again from far away mm-hmm. then all that money is being taken out of the economy so yeah and it's and it's it's the reason that um it's one of the reasons that edinburgh's christmas experiences had a really hard time in terms of the mm-hmm. press because um you know there are they haven't necessarily um always made it um really accessible for small independent local businesses to mm-hmm. be part of it and yep. because um, it it's quite an expensive place to trade from yeah um and you know that the backlash has, has happened over the last couple of years when mm-hmm. a lot of independent businesses are asking those questions of the organizers yeah um 
and I think it's it's important that those that those sort of you know it's, it, for me it's, it feels strange to have a German market in Edinburgh city centre, mm-hmm. um, and for us we were like well if we're putting on an event we want a, a, a marketplace that celebrates the best of of what's here locally, mm-hmm. um, so for us that was a yeah a really important decision to, to ensure that it was it was affordable hopefully for everybody um, and 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 a platform that. Uh, helped elevate their brands as well because mm-hmm. sometimes you know of course it's about sales and mm-hmm. um, but also you know companies have to independent companies have to make sure that they're positioning themselves in the right place mm-hmm. and there was a few people that we spoke to that said that they don't say yes to all markets they only say yes to certain markets that that was us yeah <laughs> good so it's, it's, we want to hopefully it's a platform that people value being part of and it's not it's, it's of course it's to make money but also hopefully it can elevate your brand through association as well yeah. Yeah, no, it's a good mutually kind of, you know, supportive setup. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about what the past couple of years have been like with COVID? Obviously, events are one of the sectors that have been. No, it's, it's, oh, it's been, it's been pretty terrible. um, and I think the reason it's been so terrible is that there's been so many false dawns since yes. the start. You know, I think when the pandemic first hit, like everybody, we all thought it was going to be a couple of months mm-hmm. and then we were going to be business as usual. So I remember in March 2020, um, getting the, making the first few calls to our events that were happening in spring to cancel them. But we weren't canceling them, we were postponing them to that summer yeah. because we thought by June, mm-hmm. July, August, we'll be fine. September, brilliant. And we were like, September, August is going to be full of events because everyone's rescheduling to August yeah. and September. It's going to be really busy. It's going to be crazy, but it'll be fine. Um, and then it soon became apparent that that wasn't going to be the case and that mm-hmm. we were going to be in it for a longer haul. But all the way throughout this, there's been sort of false dawns of, okay, you can now start to plan your events mm-hmm. again. It looks as if things are going in the right direction. So we would reschedule, we would start, we'd put resource, time, effort into rescheduling or creating events later on in the calendar. And all of a sudden those would get shut down as mm-hmm. well. So it was just, a, it's been two years of constant. And even up in, like we really thought this December was gonna be a plain sailing and, and mm-hmm. getting back to normal, but then the numbers took a turn for the worse again. So it's just been constant, a constant kind of like mm-hmm. punch in the ribs when you just think you're getting to yeah. start it again. And then that's taken away from you again. So it's been really tough. Yeah, been really tricky. Um, you know, we've tried to be as um, resilient as possible. To be honest, you know, the very first lockdown, we were getting, you know, we got some financial support mm-hmm. and actually, you know, the weather was lovely and we kind of holed up at home with the kids and had a, had a, actually really enjoyed that spending mm-hmm. some quality time yeah. and just stopping because it had been, you know, you can be on a hamster wheel, especially yeah, when you're yeah. running your own business that you can kind of be on this hamster wheel with never stopping, never stopping at late, late at night, you're still mm-hmm. working. So being forced to stop in the beginning was lovely. It was yeah. great. We needed it. We needed yeah. to stop. We needed to recharge our batteries. Um, it was great to spend time with it, with with the family that you just normally wouldn't get to do that. Yeah. Um, but I think as time's gone, it, it has carried on. It's got trickier and trickier. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. That said, we did we, we launched another uh, arm to our business called the Village School, mm-hmm. which was an, is an online learning platform. So we have things like uh, companies like uh, Pyrus who do um, a floristry for the home course. Um, we have got photography courses. We've got. Um, uh, we've got soap making courses with Duke. So mm-hmm. we've been, again, trying to champion local brands mm-hmm. who do amazing things and trying to provide an avenue for those brands to make an income 
while lockdown was happening yeah and when people were really interested in doing things like online learning and, mm-hmm. and being inside when, when they weren't able to enter the real world um so yeah that was that was a really nice opportunity to to be creative and, and create something new mm-hmm. um but in terms of events, yeah, it's been a struggle, and even even now we still, you know, we're we're now officially allowed to put on outdoor events again. Right. Um, but you know, a lot of our clients don't want to take that risk at the moment for yeah. spring. You know, people yeah. still still that uncertainty. Like, do people want to invest time, money, planning something that could could get cancelled again? So yeah. it kind of just continues and it just drags on. Yeah. Um, so we're all just kind of waiting for that moment where there's a bit more confidence from everybody yes to, yeah. to to go ahead i think to be honest i think consumers are happy to start booking tickets and it uh, feels like there's an appetite yeah. for you know moving on yeah <laughs> we feel yeah. that with I our customers that, that appetite's been there the entire time yeah. though we're just waiting yeah. for the right moment but yeah yeah, yeah. And, but it's just for us we're just in this really awkward position where you know people want us to put on events mm. but we've been you know, we've been stung too many times in the yeah. past by planning things for it just to get. Yeah. Uh, and with with the Winter Gosford Winter Wonderland, mm-hmm. that was the same thing. You know. Yeah. Um, so did for that one, you didn't have to like stop doing it or close it or reduce numbers, even did you? So um, I mean, we'd already sort of been planning for a, a fairly well socially distanced, yeah. low numbers spread over the course of the day. Yeah. Um, to mitigate that. Um, in case things did take a bit of a turn for the worse, we didn't think they were, but then they mm, did. Yeah. Um, again, the guidance from the the government was not nothing legally binding. Yeah. It was strong advice. So yeah. you know, if you were taking the strong advice, maybe we shouldn't have run that event. Mm-hmm. Um, but by the, their advice. Um, that's so difficult, though, because the government advice means that it could get you know customers to stop that's what you know has happened here mm-hmm. as well so they yeah. they have the strong advice yeah. so they don't have the support you know for the businesses or you know for the cancelling yeah. of the yeah. events or whatever and yet the public actually decide to stay away i yeah. mean that happened here in the run-up to christmas yeah. it just there was no financial support quiet. for businesses and yeah. people were being advised not to go out yeah. so it just meant that it was really quiet in that normally extremely busy time of the year which, yeah yeah mm-hmm. and well, no furlough or no you know well exactly that and we, so we were you know we were in a difficult position this Christmas in that we knew like things like furlough would finish in September and the other financial support had finished around September, October time. Um, Christmas, we know that January, February and a little bit of March is quiet for us. We generally mm-hmm. aren't making a huge amount of money in those months because there's not a lot of people aren't spending money to go to public events. Private events are again, are pretty minimal because people were are, are broke after Christmas and also just waiting for spring and summer mm-hmm. better weather to, to, to put on events. So we know January, February and a bit of March is, is historically quiet for us. We know we have to have a busy Christmas. Yeah. So it was this kind of thing mm-hmm. where the advice was not to do these sort of things. Mm-hmm. But we know that if we don't have a busy Christmas, we might not see it. We might not see it through. Yeah. Um, so it's a really difficult position to be put in. It's a horrible position to be in, put in. So we had to kind of just proceed. Um, you know, we were listening to customers, and customers still wanted to come. There was some yeah. who didn't. You know, and, yeah. and that's, did you have some people who wanted to cancel then? Yeah, the and it's minute? a really difficult yeah. thing because, like, you know, you're talking about like refunds and what's the policy on that, and like, mm-hmm. well, can we give refunds? We've not been told we have to cancel. Therefore, so yeah. it, became, it was difficult. It was really difficult to yeah. manage. Um, and and we also with that event anyway, we put it together in about seven or eight weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, again, because clients weren't committing to putting these events on, but mm-hmm. then 
at that point people felt confident enough our client Gosford House felt like uh, confident enough to, to go ahead with it mm-hmm. but what it did mean is we would normally spend seven or eight months planning an event like right. that so it was a really really accelerated difficult um, event to put on in sh- such a short mm-hmm. space of time and mm-hmm. um, so when that added like that added stress of all of these covid related things that were just filtering mm. through yeah um it, it just made it a really tough gig yeah it yeah. made it a really tough gig yeah. um and just you know and then when when the event did start the amount of staff that we were losing because they were getting pinged traders <laughs> were getting pinged so it was just yeah. all the way through it was just yeah. we we're up we were up against it the event gods were not shining on us but we uh, we honestly felt for you guys as traders at that event but um it was a beautiful event like it was incredible to have put something on like that in those circumstances and i don't think always um you know people who aren't working in that you know sort of in that trade don't really appreciate necessarily how much money investment yeah. and time goes into trying to organize something yeah like and that. this is the thing that events the margins are really thin like, and, mm. and it's the, st- the stuff that costs a lot of money is the stuff that no one's ever going to talk about no one mm. cares about how much power you have to yeah. provide to, or the wi-fi to, nobody the, even thinks the about the wi-fi <laughs> things like yeah. toilets the, yeah. the, the really boring infrastructure yeah. stuff that's the stuff that costs lots of yeah, money yeah. but no one really cares about that stuff they, what, what's the fun stuff what's yeah. the exciting stuff yeah um but it's th- this boring stuff that, that really makes events challenging to, mm-hmm. to wash their face and to make a profit from. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's, it's uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot that people don't necessarily appreciate. And why would you? You know, you, yeah, you, no, I paid my money to come to an event know. and I want exactly. to come to the fun stuff. I'm not yeah. going to be looking at the cables and the yeah. generators and going, I've <laughs> yeah. done a good job with those. Yeah, and <laughs> in know? fact, so, if you have done a good job with an event, yeah. it should, you in should a sense, it. look yeah. effortless. It's only if they're not working that people are Exactly, that's when they realise that there's no Wi-Fi or there's no, like, toilets. <laughs> but no, no, we were we were really pleased. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was uh, the first year running the event and our yeah. first event running with Gosford House, who were fantastic, who were really supportive throughout, yeah. and uh, were very much a partner rather than us just coming and putting on an event. Great. And I say they were yeah. they were great to work with. Yeah. Um, and it's such a beautiful site, and mm-hmm. I think you know there's huge amount of pen- potential to develop that mm-hmm. event, and it's the perfect backdrop for a winter event. Yeah. It's a really beautiful site. Yeah. Um, and there's so much scope to do more. Yeah. Um, and to tweak what we what we've started. So I think we built yeah. the foundations for a really lovely beautiful winter event that's different to any other winter event yeah. that's happening around yeah. Scotland um so I think we're really happy with the the yeah the, the start that we've made there and and, and and running an event for the second time round is mm-hmm. so much easier oh, uh, you know you yeah, know yeah. you know the lay of the land you know how customers are using the space yep. how they're moving around the space what the challenges are mm-hmm. on the site all of these all of that information we now have parking mm-hmm. all yeah. the, uh, you know we've developed the the relationship with the council in terms of they they understand the event mm-hmm. all of these sort of things um you know in year two it's it'll be it's a much yeah. more uh yeah straightforward sort of gig and you can kind of you can actually focus more on on largely more on the experience and the yeah. fun stuff because yeah. you know how the nuts and bolts work sure. um so running a set it's, it, i always love working on a an event for the second year mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. rather yeah. than the first it's a much it's normally a much more fun creative process actually Has, um, has the past two years changed the kind of shape of the business and the direction you guys are going to go in any substantial way? Or are you still continuing to want um, to do the same events you were God, before? you know, it's, it's probably, I think, just more from a personal 
perspective, like trying to this elusive work like life balance, yeah. which I believe yeah. exists, I'm told mm-hmm. <laughs> as a business know. owner. I think that I might be a myth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think definitely um probably saying no, I think. Mm-hmm. Um sometimes, you know, I think, you know, we can just sort of like just take on maybe a little bit too much, but actually yeah. probably stripping down a little bit, making sure that we do have that downtime to recharge the batteries to make mm-hmm. sure that we've, we've got the, the energy to, to put into the business. Yeah. So I think from a personal perspective, definitely that. Um, and I think, um, and I think probably just distilling what we do as well, maybe just reducing the number of events that we do um, and, and really focusing on, on, on things that, the, the ones that are really working, focusing right. on things that work um, and develop those ideas. And, and yeah, probably do less, and do things better, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. is probably a little bit of a something that we might have taken forward. Um, yeah. yeah, I think a lot of people got a wee bit of a chance to reflect, didn't they? Especially yeah. in that first lockdown where yeah. there was, almost yeah. look back at that time with rose-tinted glass. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I just have this kind of sunshine yeah. and sourdough kind of A nice place. place for thinking about the future, but yeah. really it was just anxiety every time you turn on the news <laughs> well none of us really knew how long it would go on for yeah, we were like oh yeah. yeah it's like a three-week holiday yeah, yeah let's enjoy it well, I, kind of, I, was, I, I said to jenny i was like if this is what retirement's like i can't wait to yeah. <laughs> so this seems really nice just, just pottering around the garden and yeah. spending time with family and it was you know yeah. and i guess it was like and because so, we were so limited to what we could actually do yeah. like it was like you kind of you put a lot of energy into the things that you were yeah. doing, whether that was baking or in the garden yeah. or time with the kids. So it was nice to be able to put, you know, really like focused energy yeah. into those. And there was no FOMO because yeah. there was nothing yeah. else you could do. Yeah. So, yeah, it was really nice, yeah. quite relaxing. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, yeah, I think a lot of people maybe tried to make some changes based yeah. on that and their kind of this work-life balance yeah. thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, do you... Uh, do you have some exciting things that you can share yeah, with us for moving what's forward? What's the next event that's coming yeah. up? Well, yeah. not so much an event per se, but probably definitely the biggest project that we uh, have ever worked on um, is, is starting to come to fruition. So um, our office is based in the Lighthouse in North Berwick. We've mm-hmm. got an office there and, and Andy Haddon, who owns the Lighthouse, who you guys supply coffee mm-hmm. for? I think um, yeah. he, he his uh, one of his other business projects is the is Wave Garden yep. Scotland, uh, which is Scotland's first artificial surf park uh, out at Rathal, um, mm-hmm. immediately next to Edinburgh International Climbing Arena, just along there. Um, and we've been working with Andy on this project for a long time, and it's been mm-hmm. something that he's been working on for many years. Um, and we are, are going to be coming on board to operate the, the food and food and drink operation okay. there as well as the event program. So yeah. um, we have a, a 7,000 square foot um, um, building, which, mm-hmm. which is going to have a, a food court. So we're going to have nice. three kitchens um, and, a, and a cafe and bar, mm-hmm. um, which is going to be which is becoming our baby. So we're, yeah. we're working on interior design nice. um, on the programming of who those kitchens are. Um, the event program, private events, public events, mm-hmm. international surf competitions. Wow. Um, it's, a, it's a huge project yeah. um, and it's going to be a, a very significant leisure destination for Scotland. Yeah. Probably one of the biggest new leisure destinations to open in Scotland for some time. Oh, that's um, I remember it in the news. Where, where, yeah. where is it being built at the moment? So that again, it's, it was a bit of a victim of, of COVID. So the, the, the process to start uh, the build had started just mm-hmm. before the pandemic hit and then the pandemic hit and everything ground to mm-hmm. a halt. Um, 
so Andy's had to kind of like um, put everything on hold until now, but yeah. it's, it's very close to recommencing. So hopefully within the next couple of min uh, couple of months, the the reconstruction, uh, the construction, so should should recommence, mm -hmm. um, and our role in, in in that. So it's very much almost, I guess our role in there is is almost. We were talking about it with Andy, and it's almost like we're kind of almost creative directors. Right of yep. Wave Garden Scotland. Yep. So while the, the wave pool, which is like a five or six acre body of water, which pumps out the most amazing waves and they can really bespoke these waves wow. to recreate barreling waves. And I don't, I don't know enough about surfing yeah. or the technology, but <laughs> um, it's, it's an amazing technology and Wave Garden are one of the leaders of this technology. Um, so that's kind of, that's the centerpiece, but actually um, what Andy wants is a really interesting, dynamic um, destination where yeah. people can come and eat and eat great food. There's accommodation on site, really lovely yeah. lodges and mm -hmm. um, and cabins and uh, and things like that. Um, but he wants a really sort of rich experience for customers mm -hmm. to, to experience. So you know, it might be doing music nights and cinema nights, mm -hmm. and as I say, sort of competitions. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. um, and we're really keen again to work with independent um, Scottish brands to to do that. You know, mm -hmm. so it's a really super exciting. It'll be a game. It's a real game yeah. changer for us yeah. to have our own event space because that yeah. was always the plan. Well, I was going to ask you, yeah. are you because uh, you talked about how originally in Edinburgh you were thinking of having a space. Yeah. So uh, will you now have a space? Yeah, or we will. will. You continue to do things outside. We'll continue. Yeah. We'll continue to do. I think you know. Our, our, you know, it's not in East Lothian, and we'll, mm -hmm. but we are an East Lothian company, and we'll definitely um, continue our uh, our East Lothian-based events, things like Canteen Street Food Festival. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got our Christmas Fairy Trail at Archer Field, mm -hmm. uh, which is an outdoor theatre and light show. Uh, we've got Hobo Cinema, which is a pop-up. So mm -hmm. we've still got these events yeah. that people uh, love dearly. Um, you know, particularly something like Canteen, we're constantly being asked yeah. about when Canteen Street Food Festival. Yeah. When's it coming back? Yeah. So hopefully, yeah, it, it should be. Food. It should. It, sh yeah. it should be this year. Uh, yeah. It should be. This this year that we that that would uh, relaunch us again we're just yeah. sort of waiting but it yeah. should be this year so we'll continue to do those sort of things yeah. within East Lothian um, but what it does provide us is our own space yes. so within within our building we have a, a private events a, a private event space that we can do all sorts of things but also yeah. the grounds of the wave garden are pretty extensive as well so there's right. an opportunity to do all sorts of out, outdoor events as well yeah. um so yeah there's there's and, and I think what's quite great is that about having your own space Sometimes the challenges of when you're doing events in other spaces, the infrastructure, you're paying for the rent of a space or you're paying mm -hmm. for bringing infrastructure and stuff like that. The way that we're going to set this up, we'll have the infrastructure to, to be able to put on events. We'll have projectors, we'll have sound equipment, we'll have PA. So, you know, you kind of remove all of those expenses and it allows us to spend more money on the creative stuff rather yeah. than that infrastructure stuff. So it's, it's super exciting. Yeah, that really, is really exciting. And I think... Um, uh, yeah, that's 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 the, the aim is for it to open in twenty twenty three, so next year. Yeah, um, it'll probably be towards the end of, of next year. That's that's yeah. the plan. Um, so yeah, total game changer. Oh, that's something for to us look forward well. to. And, yeah. um, and Andy's been great to work with, and he's he's yeah. just a very dynamic, um, driven. Uh, yeah. lo local North Berwick yeah, guy who's, who's doing nice some, some yeah. amazing stuff. So. Yeah, it's nice what they've done up at the lighthouse as well. Yeah. It's a much needed space for people working. You know, there's a lot of so many people even before COVID yeah. who are working from home. Now there's even more. So yeah, and it, yeah. just that the you know it's a, it's a, it's a co-working space mm -hmm. in North Berwick with lots of creative uh, companies and sole traders that are working there. Um, we now have our own office. But originally, we were hot desking, and just mm -hmm. being in that environment, comes, yeah. you know, the guys from Fringe by the Sea and all sorts of other people, just being able to yeah. sort of chat to them on a daily basis. When you know we're all small, some of us work on our own, yeah. some of us are working with one or mm -hmm. two other people. So yeah. being able to have other people to just chat to, bounce ideas off 
get work from, give yeah. work to. It's a really great space. It works almost like a, a wee hub. It is a hub, Incubator, totally. yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. great. So I you know I totally recommend anyone that's looking for that kind of space, desk space or office space, the, the, yeah. the, the lighthouse in North Berwick's definitely worth checking out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. So how, how long has the business been around for? When did it start? So we talked about this the other day, like how long has the business been running? We've been running for five years, but we feel like we've only done three years because two years have been stolen from us yeah. over the course of lockdown, <laughs> which is a bit frustrating. So we've kind of been, we have been around for five years, but yeah, three of those years we've been able to, to run events. Um, and yeah, we- What so was the first event that you did? So the very first event was here at Steampunk and that was a pop-up restaurant event. Oh, okay. mm -hmm. um, and it was maybe for about 60 people um, and it was it was Steampunk I think looks lovely it looks lovely any time of the day but at night time when the lights are dimmed and mm. candles lit it's a really atmospheric space yeah um, and I think it was it was a nice sort of um, it wasn't too many people 60 people is a nice sort of number of people to sort of start start an event with mm. and um, and it got lots of people interested because in mm. it, it sold out like that. So lots of people were uh, interested in what we were doing, who we are, who is this company, and what we're doing. Um, but it was great to, yeah, to, you to know, I actually now you mentioned that I actually think I remember remember packing up and leaving as yeah. that was getting set up. There yeah. was a big table outside. Was that one or was that someone else? Maybe that no, maybe, I think we've had quite Amanda, a few. Yeah, yeah, Amanda's done a bunch of stuff here too. Yeah. We've mm -hmm. had quite a few different, you know, pop ups yeah. and events and, yeah. and mm -hmm. things like that here. Yeah. But what was your so what was your background before starting the events company so, together? Did yeah, so I um so my background, both of our background, both mine and Jenny's background was actually in dance. So we were both professional dancers. Um, so I was a I I was a professional break dancer for about ten years, um, in Edinburgh uh, and and around Scotland, and, and Jenny was a, a professional dancer as well. So that's how we met. Actually, that's how we met in the first place. Um, so we were both involved in the arts, um, mm. performing, choreographing, teaching. Um, and then we, we moved to London and that was largely for, for Jenny to pursue the, her dance career. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, and I got a work, work as a project manager with a dance company called East London Dance. Okay. And then following that, I then got a producer's job at Sadler's Wells Theatre, mm -hmm. um, which is one of, one of the kind of one of the world's leading uh, contemporary dance houses. Um, and a lovely, a great company to work for. Um, you know, they, they program some of the best dance in the world. So I was producing, you know, dance shows and dance tours and things of that nature. Um, and actually Jenny, after she, she stopped dancing, she then moved into um, uh, editorial, um, well, she moved into the fashion, into the fashion industry. Hi. So she was working as, a, as an agent originally mm -hmm. for models. Um, and then she also worked in, in producing uh, editorial and adverts uh, in the, in the fashion industry as well and also then she moved on to headhunting for the fashion industry she was uh, yeah she was headhunting for various different fashion roles um, and at quite a high level in the uh, elite level in the fashion industry um, so we kind of always worked in the arts and the creative industries um, and I think those both both of our backgrounds married my kind of more production side mm -hmm. and Jenny's had this eye for visual media for photography mm -hmm. for videography for branding mm -hmm. um, and, and working with the kind of clients that she did in London. Um, she had a very contemporary uh, lens on what looks good, what mm -hmm. looks great, what sells, what mm -hmm. catches people's eyes. So she very much focus on, focuses mm -hmm. and still does uh, on our branding, on our photography, mm -hmm. yeah. on our videography. Mm -hmm. and, it's, and, and it's something that we've always invested 
probably more than quite a lot of companies do. Yeah. We always yeah. just feel like let's make sure that when people, when photos are taken or videos are taken, yeah. it really everything's really, beautiful. A very yeah. interesting approach yeah. to go into like a, an events organization business because. I feel a lot of people who would start an events organization like would come from a business background. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to have like someone coming from like a really creative background yeah. into yeah. that kind of that yeah. kind of sector. It really shows though in yeah. your events mm-hmm. for sure. And I think yeah. you know I, we as dancers we used to go to a lot of events to perform a lot of events, mm-hmm. and um, it's quite interesting when you're in that perspective. You kind of you you really see like what works and what doesn't mm-hmm. works and how you're treated as a, as a mm-hmm. performer and a cog mm-hmm. in the wheel yeah. um, and how the communication for you to get there and do what you need to do is are people say asking you to perform for free because it will mm-hmm. be great exposure for you mm-hmm. and it's like well the exposure mm-hmm. doesn't pay my bills and that, that whole thing <laughs> so it's kind of it's, it's quite a good perspective to have yeah. been on the other side of events mm-hmm. um, to then hopefully not repeat some of those things that, that, I've, that, that we've experienced yeah. um, and, and I think you know like for us um yeah, as as I say, that the we try and always start from a creative place mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and think about the experience and, and all of the different touch points, um, how they look, how they feel. Um, so I would say we're quite experiential in our approach mm-hmm. to to our events, and what that often does for us that makes the margins even thinner mm-hmm, because we. Course. we but for us <laughs> but for us that's the rub of the green because we want to make sure that the experience is good and, and I'd prefer to try and just have to try and find those profits where we can yeah. but not at the expense of the experience yeah. you know yeah. so it's, it's it's a constant juggle that but for us yeah. experience is is everything hopefully know. in the long term that pays dividends yeah, yeah. absolutely and, and then it means that people really genuinely want to come to your events exactly, and, yeah. and they're successful in yeah. that way yeah. yeah yeah i think that yeah so when i when i hear you speak there's so many things like chime with how we work here mm-hmm. so i can really and and as you know somebody who worked as a trader at one of your events i can definitely say that it was one of the best organized and more kind of focused on how we were doing mm. uh, of of many of you know because mm-hmm. when we when I started steampunk I did all events um, and that was very rarely the case yeah so it's it's That's good nice to, to know hear. that yeah. yeah it's good to know that you, there's an events company that is looking at it from that point of view yeah. rather than just what we money do, they can get out of you <laughs> you know we do, exactly we do care uh, and sometimes yeah. that like that can make again it can make running events. A little bit trickier because yeah. you're t- trying to f- you're shouldering the burden of everybody yeah. you know you yeah. want but you know for us a successful event is one where the people that have come along and have a, had, had a great time and all of everybody who's working on the mm-hmm. events from staff through to traders through to performers whoever they are if, if we want everybody to have a have a good time yeah. you know and that's yeah. it's tricky to get to make all those pieces stack up and yeah. and then mm-hmm. you are as an event organizer you know you're you're carrying a lot of different elements mm-hmm. at any one time you know you've got to know what's going on in terms of traders with, with the power with lighting yeah. Yeah. with performers with staff there's yeah. a lot of elements that you're sort of juggling but for us we do our best um to try and our aim is to make sure that everybody that's yeah. not just people that have attended I've had yeah. a good, good experience. Yeah. yeah. Do you get nervous before these events? Like, I'm trying to like put myself in your footsteps. I'd be getting very nervous before trying to put on it, an event it, for that many people. The, it, it is. Um, I don't know if nervous is necessarily the right word. Um, but there's definitely... I think I think it's less nervous because once once you're kind of almost once the event starts you're kind of an autopilot. Going, you're, you're, yeah, 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 yeah. But you definitely, really I, I hear what you're saying, and it's and it and there is a there is a, a feeling of maybe more a bit of of, of anxiety, mm-hmm. um, more than nerves. Um, 
because you want yeah you, you don't get to do your event again yeah that's mm. the, that's the thing like some with other other jobs that you, you might that we do like you know with our village school platform it's, it's an online platform with pre-recorded uh, lessons in, in the creative industries mm. you can re-edit that you can fix it if it's mm. not quite right it's not working well oh, we can re-edit it yeah. with an event you've got maybe one so if it's a one-day event you've got that one day mm. And if it doesn't go mm. right, you're not getting that day back again. Yeah. And there's a lot of time, a lot of resource, a lot of finance. You know, yeah. People have paid money to come to that event and you don't get that day back. You can't change it. So it's, mm. that's, that's what's really, that's the most stressful. I, I read, quite a, read quite a few articles where the top 10 most stressful jobs in the world and event management is quite often right, right in the thick of that. Because yeah. Yeah. Um, there, yeah, there is, you know, it, it does all fall to that one mm -hmm. day. And there's, as mm -hmm. I said, there's so many different elements mm -hmm. that have got to come together. You know, and if, you know, sometimes it might be something like your, your toilet guys are stuck in the motorway and they can't get there. Mm -hmm. You've got to figure out a solution with not much time to how you're going to get to because you have yeah. to have toilets for your Problem event. So, yeah. so, you know, and, and, yeah. it's, and it's, I don't think we've ever done an event where one of those elements hasn't, there hasn't been a problem with yeah. one of those for what, and, and it's more often than not it's not always but more often than not it's reasons out of your control mm -hmm. and that's what's quite difficult is that you're managing all of these different things and yeah. and, and that's what makes it the one it does why it does <laughs> feature in those top and anyway, anyone that's if you run a party if you have a party in your own house I mean I get very nervous you know, before hosting a party people go oh it's yeah. like, like friends people like do you have a good night you're like oh I think I prefer to go to other people's party because it's quite you know it's just yeah. and that's yeah. just like 10 friends around yeah. at your house having yeah. dinner and drinks and stuff like yeah. that and you multiply that by sometimes thousands of people coming mm. to an event yeah. and licensing and all these different things it, it is stressful and, and mm. most people have organised a dinner party or a party or something and mm. you kind of do realise that it is quite a lot of hard work you yeah. know on that small scale yeah. Um, so yes, mm -hmm. uh, ne not necessarily nervous, but definitely um, it's stressful. Yeah. Well, we should probably wind up for yeah. you. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, no worries, it's my pleasure. I know thank it's you very for precious, me. but um, yeah, and thanks so much for bringing such fantastic experiences to our community. It's really, it's really great to have you guys operating here. I so. oh, appreciate that. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah.